Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you today? I am fantastic. I'm so excited. I mean, it's a beautiful day. It's nice out. We have a guest on the show. You guys are talking about something that's going to be near and dear to my heart uh, pretty soon, unfortunately. But okay. you know, <laughs> maybe yes. someday soon. Yeah. Who'd you bring on the show? Yeah. So I, I'm excited today um, in studio with me. Uh, my guest today is Carly Rossworm. And we're going to talk about a topic that either already does, or as you just uh, mentioned, will impact all of our listeners. And I have found, as with many things that the government gets involved in, it's not straightforward and it's pretty what? convoluted. <laughs> That's crazy. Spoiler alert. That? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I know I'm a party of one on that opinion. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. um, but today I, I have Carly Rossworm and we the goal of our conversation is to hopefully make Medicare made clear. Oh, beautiful. Fantastic. I'm ready to learn. Good, good. Awesome. Well, uh, first of all, Carly, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, I am too. And before we get into it, let me give our listeners just a brief bio on you. Um, As I mentioned in studio today with me is Carly Rossworm. She is the Director of Medicare Solutions at Ash Brokerage. She graduated from Indiana University with a degree in business and a concentration in marketing. And since then, Carly has become very involved in all things of the realm of Medicare. She has had her life and health insurance license for 17 years and has experience in the areas of Medicare regarding marketing, contracting, compliance, continuing ed, and sales. So with that, Carly, one question I'd love to start off with is what drew you to specialize in the area of Medicare? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started back in 2005, 2006. Um, What was really great about that time frame is that's when the Part D plans first got mandated. So everybody had to pick up a Part D plan by, you know, May of 2006, or else you would start accruing a penalty. So what was nice about that time frame is I was learning Part D right alongside people who had been selling Medicare supplements for years. So it's kind of a perfect time frame for me to get involved because things were so new. That's when Medicare Advantage was first coming on the scene. So, you know, an exciting time to kind of get into the market. Absolutely. And I know we will certainly talk a little more in detail about what does Part D mean and what is the Advantage program. Um, But before we kind of get down to that layer, could you maybe start off with kind of a high level of what is the Medicare program or, you know, what is the purpose of it? Why should people uh, want to be knowledgeable about it? Yeah, absolutely. So just um, a tiny bit of background. I work at Ash Brokerage. And what's cool about my position here is I get to work right alongside financial advisors. And what's great is, you know, there's so much confusion that's surrounding that time frame. When someone is turning 65, there's a lot of things that they have to consider. Should they stay on an employer plan or should they go on to a Medicare plan instead? Um, should they delay Medicare or go ahead and pick it up when they first turn 65? There can be so much confusion around that time frame 
timeframe. And so what's really nice about my position is I get to kind of get involved and find out, okay, what do they have that they're eligible for? What's going to be the best fit? Should they stay put where they're at on their employer option? Maybe they have a spouse that's still covered on their employer plan. So, you know, because Medicare can be so confusing, you know, there's part A, part B, part C, part D, there's plan F, plan G. Yeah, it's a regular alphabet soup. Yep. (laughs) There's a ton of letters to it. Um, So my goal is always to just simplify that for people and kind of explain what they're eligible for once they turn 65 and kind of help them through that process. That's great. And I know um, I certainly appreciate being able to partner with someone um, who does have the up-to-date knowledge and knowing all the ins and outs. Because with Medicare, the devil is definitely in the details. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that... Why don't we, do you want to maybe get into, start off with a little bit of some of like, what is the alphabet soup of plans? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll kind of start at the beginning. When someone first turns 65, um, that's when most people go on to Medicare. Um, Original Medicare is just parts A and part B. Um, So if someone says, I just have original Medicare, that means that they have A and B. Uh, Part A is your hospitalization. Uh, Part B is outpatient services. So family doctor, specialist, that's part B. Um, Part A of Medicare, most people don't have to pay anything for as long as you paid um, taxes into the system for 40 quarters or 10 years, then you get Part A for no premium. Uh, Part B, though, that does have a premium to it. And so, um, you know, when someone is turning 65, you can pick up original Medicare, or sometimes some people will delay Part B and stay on an employer plan. But that's really kind of the first step is when you're turning 65, navigating, should you pick up Medicare or delay it? Um, If you decide to go on to Medicare, you're eligible starting the first of the month and when you turn in which you turn 65. So, you know, let's say my birthday is April 13th, then my Medicare A and B can start as of April 1st. So usually that's the time frame when then someone will decide if they want a traditional Medicare supplement plan or a Medicare Advantage plan to go with their original Medicare. And then that's where we come in and kind of help guide people through that process. And when do you recommend people would either start doing their research or um, talking to a health insurance broker? Because it yeah. should be um, it should be before your 65th birthday, correct? Yeah, usually people will start getting inundated with things in the mail yeah. about six months before they turn 65. So that's usually when people start getting a lot of flyers, a lot of advertisements. That's when your phone might start ringing. Um, and so what I usually tell people is about three to six months before you turn 65, that's when you can kind of start the planning of, okay, what's my move going to be once I am eligible for Medicare? Because for some people, you know, it makes a lot of sense to just hop on Medicare and then pick up either a supplement or an Advantage plan. And then other people, it does make more sense to stay with the employer route. So we kind of help, you know, navigate that for people. Perfect. Do you have any, I I know, I understand this is probably pretty individualized to each person's situation, but are there any like um, high level rules of thumb of you can maybe share with our listeners about, hey, if this is your situation, you're probably going to want to stay with an employer plan. 
Or yes. So a couple things that kind of, you know, help us determine, and to your point, it is definitely not one size fits all. You know, for some people, it's going to make more sense to go on to Medicare instead. And then for others, it's going to make more sense to stay on an employer plan. Um, if your employer is above 20 people and it's considered creditable, then you can stay on that employer plan and not have to worry about any penalties down the road. But, you know, it doesn't always make sense to do that. So usually what we start with is what premium are you paying or how much are they taking out of your paycheck for your employer plan? Are you covering a spouse? You know, if we've got a spouse that's under age 65 and they need something to get them by until they have Medicare, that can be a factor as well. Um, you know, also expensive prescriptions. If someone has a really, um, you know, expensive prescription list and their employer plan is covering that well, then it might make more sense for them to stay on the employer route. So it really just depends on the person. Another factor is actually the IRMA charges. So, you know, with Medicare, we always have to remember that you're going to have extra charges if you're in a high income bracket. So if your adjusted gross income is above a certain amount, you're going to pay extra for Part B and Part D of Medicare. So that's another factor. If you might fall into that bracket, then it can make more sense to stay on the employer plan if that's a good plan for you. So there's a lot of moving parts and pieces and it is so individualized that we usually do deep dives to kind of determine, you know, what's going to make most sense for someone. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've had... um... When people are on, going on to Medicare, first of all, as you said, it's just navigating all the options. In that alone, can make your head spin and just want to put it all in the drawer and deal with it another day. But I find um, oftentimes people are very surprised that they still have health insurance premiums, right? So I do want to just kind of emphasize that that as you said, Part A is free. But Part B, which is your outpatient services, um, there is a tiered schedule of premiums that could apply to your situation. Right. So the standard Part B premium amount, so this year it's 2023. So right now, if someone is joining Medicare Part B, it's $164.90. So $164.90 a month is the standard Part B premium amount. So at a minimum, that's what anyone could at a minimum expect to pay. If they're enrolling this year. Right. The only way it would be lower than that is if you have like low income subsidy or Medicaid, because in those situations, then it can be lower. But yeah, the the standard amount is $164.90. And part A of Medicare is no premium as long as you've worked at least 40 quarters or 10 years years. into the Medicare system. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you haven't, then you would perhaps be paying some premium towards for part, part A. A. Yeah. So you you have the option to purchase it if you haven't um, paid into paid it. Paid into it. Okay. All right. Great. So Carly, you shared what the minimum um, premium would be. Can you also share for 2023 what is the highest tier premium? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So if someone is let's say someone's married and filing jointly, if their income is more than $750,000, then they're going to have an adjustment of $395.60. So $395.60 on top of the standard Part B premium amount. And then also the Part D portion is going to be $76.40. So again, that's in addition 
if someone is filing as single or head of household, um, then if they make more than $499,000, then it's going to be another $395,60 for them. So, you know, it all depends on adjusted gross income. Also, Social Security looks back two years. So they're, you know, they're going to look back to what you filed for your taxes two years ago to determine those income related um, adjustments. And so that's why it is a part of the conversation of what your income falls into because you can be charged so much more for Medicare if you're in that high income bracket. Yeah, that's a great point. And I did want to highlight that because, again, I think that's something that might not be uh, as common knowledge as other things about Medicare. Well, um, and, and the good news, too, is that if you have a life changing event, I was you can just going to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. So if you can talk about how, like you said, because a lot of people are like, well, that was two years ago. Of course, my income was higher. I was working. I'm retired sure. now. So yep. can you maybe lend to I think that's a common one. And then maybe one or two other common ones you see where you can appeal? Sure, absolutely. So if someone has work reduction or work stoppage, so if someone's retiring and their expected income is going to be lower, then we can appeal those IRMA charges. And so if someone you know is retiring and you're not expecting it to be as high, we definitely encourage you to appeal that with Social Security. That way you're not getting charged the extra um, amounts if your expected income is, is going to be lower. Great. I think that's important. Is in your um, experience, how is the appeal process? Yeah. So there's the form that they can fill out. And, okay. and we usually refer people right to Social Security if they have any questions on the forms. Sometimes they'll ask their accountants for for some help on that too, if they're not sure what the adjusted gross income sure, is going to be. For some of the um, income numbers. So yeah, we don't get too involved on the appeals side. But um, luckily, I've heard that these appeals get processed you know, really well with Social Security if you turn in all of the right paperwork and forms and everything needed. Great. Okay, good. Is there anything that else you wanted to add around like the Irma or, you know, the premiums? Um, not really. I mean, the only other thing I'll say is that, you know, that is part of the conversation when determining if someone should stay on the employer plan or go on Medicare instead. It's just another factor. If someone knows that they're going to be affected by the Irma charges, then that is one reason why it might make more sense to stay on that employer plan. Okay, great. And I do think one thing I love that you're highlighting is having the conversation with the appropriate people on your team. So um, you and your team certainly bring all the knowledge about the different plans and the processes. And then like you said, but then we'll direct them to Social Security for the actual appeal process. As you mentioned, we too, when we're talking about clients, we always want to involve their CPA or accountant um, because you do need to look at it's not just income as many people think of it. It's a certain line on the tax return. And then I know for us, when we're talking to clients, um, especially, you know, since at Medicare, it's age 65, many people are either slowing down their time at work or have fully stepped back having being paid for work. Um, and so I know from our perspective as a financial planner, we're helping them recreate their paycheck. So they've done a great job savings. And now they're like, well, I'm not going to have a paycheck. How do I turn my portfolio into an income stream? Um, and that is one of the things that myself and the other advisors at Private Vista were very aware of it as well. Um, and it, it's part of the conversation. I mean, there's no way to solve 
have the perfect solution that checks all the boxes from surcharges for Medicare, keeping the tax bill as low as possible, making sure their portfolio um, is on a sustainable path. But I do think by having people who are knowledgeable and at least aware of it, the key thing is no surprises for the client. Yeah, absolutely. And and my biggest goal is that I never want anyone to pay any penalties. Um, you yeah. know, because my my thing is I always nope, want to. No be one sure. likes that. Absolutely. And you know, the thing about Medicare is that if you are delaying Medicare, we need to be sure that that employer plan is considered creditable. Um, that way, we're not facing penalties down the road, and that's you know creditable on the Part B side and the Part D side. You know, we got to make sure that we're not going to face any penalties once they do actually retire and leave that employer plan. Um, that's always my biggest goal is making sure no one has to face any you know penalties that they shouldn't. Absolutely. Um, and refresh my memory, are the penalties ongoing? Are they permanent or is it for a certain amount of time? Right. So the the part B is a little bit different than the part D okay. um, when, when it comes to penalties. But you know, the biggest thing is is as long as your employer plan is considered creditable, then then we're not gonna have to worry about right. penalties then you don't down have to the worry road. About that. Right. And luckily, usually HR departments are good about knowing um, that if the plan is considered creditable. But yeah, we always help people with, you know, looking at what the Medicare route is. Um, what's going to be the the best fit for them? You know, what's going to make the most sense for them? Medicare is by no means one size fits all. You know, no. if it if it makes more sense to go with a traditional Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan, a Part D plan, you know, we're we're looking at a lot of moving parts. We sure are. And that's why um, I'm certainly grateful to have you on my team, if you will, as well. So um, and why don't we maybe spend a few minutes? We've we've talked about, um, you know, some of the different parts, part D. So you've got the supplement plans and then you also mentioned uh, the advantage plan. So could you maybe share a little bit more detail on that and yeah, how, to, how to navigate it? Sure. Yeah. So when someone decides to leave their employer plan, let's say that they go on Medicare, um, the thing to remember is that Medicare doesn't cover everything. Um, there are deductibles, there's coinsurance, there's out-of-pocket costs that are expected if you have just original Medicare. Okay. And so a lot of times people will choose either a traditional Medicare supplement plan or a Medicare Advantage plan to go alongside their Medicare. If someone goes the traditional Medicare supplement route, that means that Medicare pays first, and then the supplement comes in and pays secondary. If someone goes with an Advantage plan, that means that the Advantage plan pays instead of Medicare. And so if I'm talking to someone who's brand new to Medicare, usually my first um, step is just kind of educating them on the difference between those two types of plans. So let's say someone goes with the first route, the traditional Medicare supplement route. Okay. You're paying more in premium for that plan. You're going to pay a higher premium for it, but then you're going to have lower out-of-pocket costs and you're also not going to have a network. What's really great about traditional Medicare supplements is that you can go see any doctor or provider and as long as they take original Medicare, then you're good to go with your Medicare supplement. Whereas with the Medicare Advantage plans, those are the low premium plans and they do have networks. And so usually when I'm talking to brand new people, I like to try to figure out, okay, do you, you know, how much risk are you willing to take on as far as out-of-pocket exposure and how much would having a network, um, you know, affect you? Impact do you, you, right? Do you yeah, have a lot of specialists absolutely. or... Mm -hmm. 
Right. Do you go to see care out of state? If you're traveling out of state, that can be a factor. You know, with Medicare Advantage plans, there's PPO networks, there's HMO networks, and some people don't mind having a network. So that can be a good fit for someone. Um, But if you want the option of going absolutely anywhere in the US, then we would probably lean more towards the traditional MedSup route. Okay. That, yeah, because that is something I did want to highlight. I mean, in general, snowbirds, right, have been a thing for, I mean, gosh, my whole life. But certainly, I feel like since we're coming out of the pandemic, people are not only being able to work from anywhere that they want to. I do feel that even when I see clients who are retiring, um, some still do, you know, summers in Chicago or the Midwest, and then they go, you know, out West or South for the winters. But I'm also seeing people who might do, oh, we're going to do a month, you know, in North Carolina, and then we're going to go over to Europe for a couple of months. And then we're going to go, you know, spend time with the grandkids. And so people are, are kind of all over the place. So Mm -hmm. a little nomadic. Um, You mentioned that the Advantage plan, I believe. Oh, no, that's the traditional plan. There's no network. So you would have the flexibility. Now, you mentioned within the U.S. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you maybe I kind of just went all over the place. So I appreciate (laughs) you. Appreciate you tagging along with me. You're sticking with me. But how does that work if you are traveling within the U.S.? And then what about with um, if you are traveling outside of the U.S.? Yeah. Um, and I think there's probably some difference, right? If I'm going to live, you know, six months in Portugal versus I'm on maybe a, a two week vacation in Portugal and there's a medical emergency. Sure. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with just the snowbird portion of that. So Perfect. if someone, let's say someone lives in Florida for part of the year and then they're in the Midwest for the other part of the year, the plan is going to be based on whichever residence is considered primary in your taxes. So that's the, that's the actual location that we use for, you know, plan availability uh, is, is okay, your so service area. I was going to say, let's highlight that. So because you just gave a lot of information, which is good. But wherever you are telling when you file your taxes, this is primary the state. Yeah, that I'm domiciled or primary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, th- that's where we start is the service area in which you reside. Um, that's what your plan is going to be based off of. Okay. If someone is traveling and you know they they don't want any network, if they want to be able to see any Medicare participating provider, then we go with a traditional Medicare supplement plan. That's the way to have no network within the U.S. Um, you can go see anyone who accepts Medicare on a supplement. Um, the, the thing about the Advantage plans is I actually am a huge fan of them. I think that they can be okay. a good fit for some people because some of the plans have national networks. You know, some of the larger carriers have national networks where it's not a big deal if you're traveling from state to state. Um, so it's just a, an important part of the conversation. If someone lives in two places during the year, then we would just need to check to make sure that both locations are a part of that network. Okay. If, you know, the other spot that they live in, we would just need to check to make sure that that's part of their PPO or HMO network. But, you know, it's it's back to the conversation of what kind of flexibility you want. If you never want to have to worry about checking your doctors, then you might it might make more sense to just go with the traditional Medicare supplement. Okay. And then is there any coverage if you're outside of the U.S.? Right. So with Medicare, it's emergency only. Okay. So let's let's say someone goes with a Medicare supplement plan. 
you know, let's let's just assume someone goes with a plan G, which is the most coverage that's available. Medicare will pay first if it's an emergency, and then the supplement will pick up up to 80%. Um, so with Medicare, because Medicare doesn't exist outside of the US, sure. they're only going to pay in an emergency situation. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I think that makes sense. I mean, that's kind of in line with, I would think, how your employer paid insurance works as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. And so what I always tell people is if you're going to be traveling outside of the US for a really long time, then we can look at other types of plans like trip insurance, or mm -hmm. if, if it's really extended, like living somewhere else, we can look into other insurance types for when you're there. Okay, great. Yeah, I think I, it is going to be interesting, in my opinion, to see how that continues to evolve, because I think it, it seems that either people are tr either traveling for more extended periods of times or are, you know, bouncing around to different parts of the world. So mm -hmm. I think that'll certainly keep your area of specialty uh, to be continually evolving and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hopefully new, new, new and good things for the insureds will be available in the future. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, great. Well, I think we're we're covering a lot today. Um, is there anything? Um, do you maybe want to? And you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe give like a high level. Uh, we've talked about Part A, Part B. You've mentioned Part D, which is for the prescription coverage, and then you just mentioned Part G, which you said is the most um, uh, robust offering um, for that that level of plan. Yeah. Is, there, is there anything between D and G, I'm guessing? So just to clarify the the plan G, that's actually the type of Medicare supplement plan. So when I say um, plan G, that's actually not a part of Medicare. It's just one of the traditional Medicare supplement plans. What I like about a plan G is that it's the most coverage that's available with the traditional Medicare supplements. Okay. Um, so it used to be plan F. So plan F was sold for years and years, and that was 100% coverage from day one. Mm. Um, people sold that primarily for a really long time. But as of January 1st, 2020, no new individuals can get a plan F. And so now the highest level of coverage is a plan G, Medicare okay. supplement plan. And so if I'm going the traditional MedSup route, uh, Plan G is a really great option. It's certainly not the only option, but it's, it's okay. a really high level of coverage. Um, but yeah, just to go back to Part D. So the yep. thing about Part D is that's the prescription drug coverage. And there's a couple different ways you can get it. You can either get a standalone prescription drug plan, or you can get a Medicare Advantage plan that includes prescription drug coverage in it. And so if I'm talking to someone and they want to go with the no network route, let's say that they go with a traditional Medicare supplement to get their prescription drug coverage, then they need a standalone Part D plan. Um, if someone's going the Medicare Advantage route, then usually it's just built right into their plan. Okay. So if I'm quoting these, and I, I use Medicare.gov all the time, I'm on that website literally every day. What I love about it is you can plug in someone's zip code, you can plug in what prescriptions they're taking, what pharmacy they go to, and it calculates for you an estimation of what their Part D costs will be. So I, I love that website because it's non-biased, it's just right on Medicare.gov, and then you can quote the Part D plan. So I use that all the time to help me, you know, try to narrow down and determine which companies are going to be a, a good fit for someone. Um, because party can be very confusing. There's deductibles, there's coinsurance, there's different tiering for the different medications. 
And there's the donut hole. I was just going to say that is yeah. the infamous donut hole, right? Yeah. There's the coverage <laughs> gap as well. And not everybody hits that. You know, if you just take a couple of low cost generics, then, then you're not going to hit that. But it is a huge factor for people who have more expensive medications. Right. And so, you know, the Part D coverage gap or donut hole is another thing that we have to look at, you know, on the prescription drug side. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to it. So it's a lot to navigate. Absolutely. And it sounds like just even from what you shared is the plans, um, what's available um, changes as well. So is this something that just like when you are working, you know, there's annual enrollment and you review what are the current costs? What are the current coverage? Did I know even even for me, it's making sure are my doctors still in this network, right? Or accepting this insurance. So it sounds is it uh, it sounds like you would still have that annual exercise as well. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about enrollment periods because that's a Great. huge part of the Medicare plans. Um, Perfect. When it when it comes to Medicare Advantage plans and Part D plans, they have enrollment periods. So the annual enrollment period is when you know you can make a change to your existing plan. So from October 15th through December 7th, that's when you can change your Part D plan or change your Medicare Advantage plan. So that's kind of the crazy time frame when things are super busy and we're right. quoting everybody's Part D plans to see if they should stay put or okay. consider switching to, to a different company. Because yeah, to your point, every company is different as far as their formularies, you know, what, what list of covered drugs, right. um, your tiers can change year to year. If it's a tier two or a tier three, you know, those can change and your deductible amounts can change. Premium can change. Everything can change every calendar year. And so, you know, what we usually do is just tell people, Hey, if your prescription drugs change during the year, call us in the fall. Cause we should requote it. See okay. if you're still on, on the best fit for you. Um, and so, you know, we help people kind of navigate that. And it's, it's really important if you've had any drug changes throughout the year. I agree. And I know even, um, personally, I mean, I'm not on Medicare yet. Um, <laughs> so, and that's a little bit down the road, but even with, um, my meds, I take for my migraines, when I first started them, they weren't covered by, um, the insurance company. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they were on, they, they weren't covered at all. Then they were on the most expensive tier, but then the next year they had actually moved either up or down the tiers. I might be going the wrong way, but, um, a lot more affordable and became just covered under, in my opinion, a reasonable copay. So mm -hmm. I, I agree. I think not only, um, you know, if your drugs have changed or your prescriptions, I think especially with newer drugs, as the insurance company gets more data and understands the positive impact, they that could also be a positive impact for um, people that are using some of those um, what start out to be either uncovered or very expensive drugs. Well, and each each company has, um, you know, step therapy, prior authorization, quantity limits. Those are all factors on the Part D side. And so it's it's really important when we're quoting all of them to just figure out, okay, which which companies have this as a competitive tier, which pharmacies are in network, what right. are the co-pays, are you expected to hit the donut hole? All of that, you know, goes into the conversation. So yeah, it's definitely a really important factor. 
Absolutely. I feel like, oh, I thought I was doing good, keeping my mind engaged, doing my daily wordle. But I feel, <laughs> I feel like just going through this annual Medicare exercise uh, could also be a good way to keep your mind engaged. <laughs> Absolutely. Then also make your head explode. Yeah. So, yep, totally. Again, happy to know there's people like you who uh, not only are knowledgeable, but are passionate about making sure people get to the right set of plans or the right, um, putting the different pieces of the puzzle together to best yeah. support their needs. So. And you know, what's great is that I have seen how these plans can help people so much and change people's lives. You know, when, wow. when some people get to Medicare, they're thrilled. They're like, wow, my costs are so much lower. This is so much more affordable. They're thrilled to get there. Other people, you know, they get to Medicare and they're like, yikes, this is a lot out of pocket. There's right. a lot of co-pays that it can be confusing. So, you know, helping people kind of navigate the maze of it has been really rewarding. And I've, like I mentioned, I've been licensed since 2006. And so I have seen how these plans have changed and evolved throughout the years. Um, I've seen, you know, how these plans can really help and benefit people. And that in itself has been rewarding. So even though it is really confusing at time, and there's a lot to keep on top of, um, it's a really, really great market to be in. That's great. Well, I it, your your passion and um, your empathy really is shining through in this conversation. So I think anyone would be lucky to talk with um, you or someone on your team to make sure that they are uh, making an informed decision. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So with that, I mean, this uh, obviously to our listeners is just a, a taste <laughs> of, uh, you know, we want to at least educate you on things to consider to make sure you understood the time periods of, of what to ask and what to consider to make sure that you're you're getting the correct plan. And then as Carly mentioned, you know, it's not a one and done decision. So if either, you know, maybe the plan didn't exactly play out with the levels of coverage or your out-of-pocket costs that you anticipated, there is that annual enrollment period. So you do have time to make changes um, and adjust as uh, as life continues to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again, Carly, for sharing your time and your knowledge. One of the things that I ask all of my guests on the show is uh, if you were able to live anywhere in the world, no time constraints, no financial constraints, um, where would that be? Okay. So this was the easiest question ever for me <laughs> because Yay. this is a city that I have visited, I think 12 times. I was just there earlier this month, but Las Vegas, I absolutely Ooh. love Vegas, but yeah, I could, I could sit at a blackjack table for hours on end. I think what I love the most about that city is that you can really get anything. You can sit by a pool, you can go see a show, you can gamble. It's just, it's my absolute favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I would hope if you ever get over to the roulette table, you would bet on red. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Red <laughs> or black. All, it's always just a way to all go. a gamble. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, um, thank you so much for sharing what I know is just a sliver of your knowledge and expertise in this area. Um, if any of our listeners would like to learn more or have a discussion, um, you know, about their individual situation, what is the best way to get in touch with someone from your team or at Ash Brokerage? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, a email box. It's just Medicare at ashbrokerage.com. Um, we are licensed across the US. We've got different people here who are licensed in different areas. So um, I'm sure we've got someone on the team who can help depending on where the client is located. But um, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is Medicare at ashbrokerage.com. And we can likely help. Great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to be here today and um, share about Medicare. It's really fun for me. Well, this has been fun for me and the audience. I'm sure a lot of great knowledge. Uh, Nicole, again, great guest. Uh, thank you so much for bringing Carly on. Carly, you did a fantastic job. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and being so passionate, like Nicole said, being so passionate about what you do. Um, Nicole, if, if folks want to reach out to you and your team, why don't you give them some contact info for, uh, for the audience? And then also maybe they have some follow-up questions and you can point them in the right direction. That'd be great. Thanks, Eric. Yes, if you would like to reach uh, me or another advisor at Private Vista, you can email info at myprivatevista.com or you can visit our website, myprivatevista.com. And there's obviously information about us and our company, but they're in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage. There's also a contact us button. Absolutely. Thank you again, Nicole. Great interview, Carly. Thank you so much for being a fantastic guest. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Nicole comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show. And on that note, if you know somebody that's getting to this age, um, don't call me. I'm not there yet. If you know somebody and not Nicole either, she's not there yet either. But if you know somebody that's getting close to this age, share this podcast with them. It's great knowledge. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. 
This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.